0: Hey guys, this is the C3 Church Malmo podcast. I am believing God will speak to you today, and that a greater level of faith will be unlocked in your life. For more information about C3 Church, go to c3malmo.se. God bless. So, as um, Quinton said, uh, we're starting a new series, Freedom, and I'm really excited about this series because we've been thinking about it for some months now, and. It's such a big topic, and so we're just so excited to just get like dive right into it. And I think you know it's been it's it's so perfect because recently we've heard about the vision behind a dream of Pastor uh, Quinton and Suzanne to launch the City Hearts Ministry here in Sweden, which is kind of a big deal because it's uh, it's uh, something that's really close to God's heart, and it talks a lot about pursuing freedom and restoration in lives that have been torn apart by modern-day slavery. A lot of people say, it, it really, is there slavery going on today, especially in this part of the world? And, well, yeah, unfortunately, slavery has ha, is still around. It's just gone underground. So, we don't often see it in society, but it still is prevalent, even in modern uh, progressive societies, like Sweden claims to be. There are a lot of issues that we don't know about and that, that, that we want to help with. A lot of life-controlling issues as well, even if it's not about slavery. There's a lot of abuse going on around the world. And so this is something that we believe is close to God's heart. And, it, and it is, God has brought it close to our heart as well to see this ministry established in this part of the world. Helping the most vulnerable people in society on their journey to restoration And independence, I think that's an awesome vision and it's well worth getting behind. So we're really excited to just see the the genesis of that, the start of that uh, this year. And it really brings us along nicely into the next topic, which is freedom. Uh, We were reminded during uh, Pastor Quinton's Vision Sundays that Jesus was sent to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free. And that, in turn, has become our ministry to carry on the legacy of Jesus. So over the next few weeks, we will be exploring this topic from a biblical perspective, of course. But you know, right now, with everything that's going on in the world, you, when you think about freedom today, you might consider things like the fact that we have travel bans right now, that there's closed borders all around the world, that there's some people are living with curfews, that all of these things are just threatening our sense of freedom, right? You know, I have a a colleague, for example, that is stuck in Peru right now, can't get out of the country. I have family that are not allowed to leave the city of San Francisco. Uh, The world's gone crazy. It's turned upside down on its head. And all of this has throttled our sense of freedom. Freedom in itself is it's quite an overused word, maybe even at times a misused word. And one theologian summed it up quite well, I think. So I've got this quote. It's available in the notes. Uh, we'll have it on the screen there as well. I'll just read it to you. It says, Freedom as a hope is common. Freedom as an idea is abundant. Freedom as talk is cheap. Freedom as an experience is is unique. And freedom as a ministry is costly. Contemporary views of freedom can likely be categorized in terms of such, thought, talk, and action. I thought that was an excellent summarization of just all the different views and perspectives on freedom and what, how we interpret it. And so that's what we want to do in these next few weeks. We want to just unpack what is freedom? How do we find it? And does it cost us something? Well, I'm going to leave you on a cliffhanger there, so keep watching the series, folks. Uh, I'm not going to reveal everything today, but we're going to get started, so I hope you're ready. So many people's definition, I think, as I look around and survey what people say in in my world, is many people's definition of freedom seems to circle around the idea of having no limitations. No limitations on self-expression, no restriction on my choices, that I can go to the supermarket and find everything I want. That would be nice, wouldn't it? That we, we would have the, the ability to just say, I'm in control of my life. I decide. I've got freedom. That's how a lot of people interpret the concept of freedom today. And I think the flaw in that thinking is believing that as humans, that we can be neutral, self-determining beings. Because I read in the Gospels that we all serve somebody. And we've been hearing recently a lot about how we either serve God or we serve the spirit of this world, mammon. It's one or the other. And Jesus even goes as far as to say, whoever is not with me is against me. It's very black and white in the eyes of Jesus. And so for us to say we're taking this neutral stance where, you know, to, to quote the great NBA player Kevin Durant, I'm me, I'm a be me, and I'm a chill we can't really, that is not really an acceptable way of thinking things because we cannot be neutral in life. We cannot just be self determining outside of influence. Reality is we're serving somebody. We're either serving money, we're serving our desires, our goals, we're either serving God's kingdom, the things of God. We're always serving and pursuing something in our life. We cannot be neutral. But we can often think that we don't need anyone, that we are. But the fact is that by default, we are actually slaves to sin. We are actually slaves to the spirit of this world. And only the son, when it comes to slavery, only the son of the house has the right to set the slave free. We can read that in John 8. Those who reject the idea of God believe that they serve themselves and their own interests, looking after their own people, their own things. But for those in the faith, we see in God's word that there are these two camps. There's no neutral ground between the two. There's the realm of the flesh and there's the realm of the spirit. One leads to death and the other one leads to life. And we can read this in Romans 8, 6, 8 if you have your Bible with you. There's actually a Bible tab on uh, the stream, so you can follow along there if you like. So we'll pick it up in Romans 8, Six eight. I can read here that the mind of sinful man is deaf, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. So you're either serving God or you're not. As Jesus said, you're either with me or you're against me. It's quite clear to Paul that there are two opposing forces at work in our lives. And as I will unpack today, the realm that you choose to live in, the realm that you choose to be, uh, pledge your allegiance to, if you like, that will ultimately determine the freedom that you experience in your life. You know, I was recently asked uh, by a devotional to reflect on what does eternal life mean to me you know when I was a child I was a bit unsure if I even liked the idea of heaven if I'm being honest because the pictures that people often tried to paint for me they kind of sounded like a more sterile version of the world it didn't seem that exciting in fact I thought it sounded a little bit boring I mean I wasn't really interested as a kid in in uh, streets paid with gold I was I, I didn't care about gold I, I cared about things like lego and football So this just seemed like quite a boring idea uh, of the world that didn't really interest me. And so it seemed like I would be leaving behind more on earth than I would be gaining in being with God in heaven. Something just didn't sit right with me when I tried to reconcile what heaven would actually be like. As I got older, I started to think about how God created the wonders of the universe. And he, he put in this genius In the humans that he created, he he put in us an unbelievable capacity to create and design far beyond what we could dream of. He made us with senses to enjoy, to enjoy food, to enjoy pleasures. And so all of this, of course, it's not lost on him. He put it there. It was by design. So in short, God knows what our paradise is should look like. So when I thought about it again and reflected about what is eternal life, I thought about eternal life is actually, it's a journey towards wholeness. You know, the Hebrew word for wholeness is shalom, which many interpret as meaning there's nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken. And that's exactly where my mind went. Nothing missing, nothing broken. That is heaven. That is wholeness. And when I contrast that with our earthly experiences, I see that we all experience some form of longing in our hearts. We all experience some kind of brokenness in our life. We all experience some kind of lack in different areas in our life. We don't really have this wholeness that God speaks of. We haven't realized it to its fullest. You know, in Genesis Adam and Eve lived in harmony with God. They were whole. They lacked nothing in the beginning. But we know that through Adam came sin into the world. And with this sin came brokenness to the life that God had actually designed for us. The salvation story has always been about a redemptive journey back towards this wholeness, this completeness. And it's our wholeness that actually gives rise to freedom. And our, as we know, our liberation was not possible without the works of Christ, of what he did at Easter over 2,000 years ago at Calvary. He delivered us through his death and resurrection from the bondage of law, of, the si- of sin, of death, and the wicked ruler of this world. The consequences of Adam's disobedience and all of his descendants. Apart from this deliverance by Jesus, it is not possible for us as human beings to be free, to really truly experience freedom as the Bible talks about it. You know, Paul wrote to the Galatian church that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Now, even when we come to a saving knowledge of Christ, which many of us, I'm happy to say, have, the chains have been broken. But, you know, sometimes we have to be proactive in actually removing these chains from our life. There's a responsibility on us to mature, to move towards and live out this freedom. It is for this freedom that Christ has set us free. He broke the chains so that we could exercise our freedom in Christ. He came to empower us. He liberated us so that we can be empowered As liberators for our lives and for the lives around us. That's the ministry that God has designed for us as his church. There is a process. There's a journey of redemption that needs to take place. And it's all about seeing a renewal in us. The Bible talks about the renewal of the mind. There's renewal in many areas of our life. We have to be healed. We have to be made whole again. We don't come to God in a perfect state. And we won't be in a perfect state until that glorious day. But we are on a journey towards wholeness as we exercise the newfound freedom that Christ has made possible for us. Why do we have to do this? Well, it's it's because we are sinners. Yes, we are saints in Jesus, but our obedience to this new realm is required to live out that new reality that has been made possible, to experience that freedom that has been made available. You know, the term sin is huge. It's a loaded term. We could be talking about anything, any degree of sin, anything from pride to murder, everything in between. And certain sins are really clearly robbing us of our freedom. When you think about things like addiction, they really clearly put us in a... a, A bond in our lives. But you know, there's other things that we can be blind to in our lives that can be just as devastating to us. I think about things like creeping unforgiveness and resentment and offense that can easily take hold in our heart and cause us to be restricted, to not live out that freedom that God has made possible for us. So we have to be compliant in this process of becoming free. Amen. So, just one reflection. Have you ever noticed how when kids talk about bad guys, and I was just talking to Levi about this yesterday, my son, uh, who were playing cops and robbers, and it's always a thief. It's always a robber. Every criminal in a child's world is a thief. And my, my son Levi, he's only four and a half, and so it, his only notion of a criminal is a thief. And sometimes I think that, you know, that maybe that's not such a bad thing. You know, to keep him as innocent as long as possible from the greater evils that exist in this world. And sometimes it is kind of interpreted that way that theft is not such a big deal. And sometimes it's even seen as justifiable if you even look at the classic story of Robin Hood, that you can do it for good motives. It's kind of a gray area sometimes. Well, I'm not sure if you've ever experienced theft before. Maybe your house has been robbed Maybe, especially if you live in London, you cycle, you probably had your bike stolen at some point. But I will never forget the first time that I experienced theft in my world. I was an 18-year-old running a small surf shop in Plymouth, uh, all on my own, and a gentleman came into the shop and asked for a certain size of T-shirt. So I just quickly nipped out the back to get this size, and when I came back, I realized that this guy had grabbed all of my expensive wetsuits Stuffed them in a car and driven off. Now, I remember very clearly the emotions I had after that incident. It shook me to my core. First, I was shocked. I was angry. All of these feelings were residing in me, but one thing that I realized after was that this person had not just stolen from my shop's inventory. he had actually stolen something from me. Something from my soul, even. You see, he stole a little bit of my innocence that day. See, I was naive to the bad intentions of others. Now I was suspicious of everyone who came into my store. He stole my peace. I was now anxious about turning my back in the shop. I had to call a friend before I could go and check something. I was distrusting of strangers. It got me thinking a lot recently, and... I remembered an excellent book. If you haven't read it, it's called The Kite Runner. There's a movie for it. Awesome film. And um, there's a great quote from this book. It says this. Again, this is in the notes if you'd like to read it again later. There is only one sin, only one, and that is theft. Every other sin is a variation of theft. When you kill a man, you steal a life. You steal his wife's right to a husband. You rob his children Of a father. When you tell a lie, you steal someone's right to the truth. And when you cheat, you steal the right to fairness. There is no act more wretched than stealing. I think there's a lot of truth in that statement. You see, theft is actually the ministry of the ruler of this world. The spirit of this world was to convince the same spirit that convinced. Adam and Eve to take a shortcut that convinced them that they can be their own God. You be you. And the result is that we are cheating ourselves out of experiencing the freedom that comes with wholeness in God. Now, if you allow me, I can't help but think how sin entered the world like a virus. And the symptoms of this virus are fear in our life. So much of the wrongs we do are driven by fear. Fear of missing out, people talk about it a lot. Greed to quench an insatiable desire for something more that elusive wholeness that people are longing for in their souls. Fear of judgment day knowing that life is actually ticking away and that there will be a reckoning and the knowledge that there is no man-made cure for this virus. Now, the law that was given to us could only limit the effects. It could only do damage control in our lives. It was kind of like sedation from the gripping guilt that was the knowledge that we didn't match up to God's standard. That our righteousness was like dirty rags before our beautiful and pure God. But, you know, just as Adam was the ancestors, the ancestors, Adam was the ancestor to sin and death. Jesus was to grace and life. Jesus was the antidote to the world that we may be made clean once again. Through Adam, we know that sin and death spread. But through Jesus, grace and righteousness. We are made righteous by his shed blood so that even death would lose its sting over us. The amazing thing is that we have been set free from the fear of death to which we had become slaves. We don't have to, as believers, have fear of the judgment to come. If anything, that is just another transition that we have to go through in our life. Because as Christians, we have already die to ourselves. We've already joined with Christ and die to ourselves. and so we live with Christ. Our etern- eternity is secure. So if we just kind of work our way back from there, that there's nothing in this life that should hold fear for us. Yes, we have to be wise and have to be diligent at these times. We have to be aware of the facts, and we have to be aware of the things to avoid, and we have to be smart in life. We can't go about the world careless or carefree. In fact, the Bible speaks against that. But we do not need to be anxious for anything. We do not need to worry about today or tomorrow because we know that our eternity ultimately is secure in Jesus. And that to me is one of the most amazing things about being a child of God is the peace that comes of it, the security that comes from it, that we can find nowhere else in this world. There was no man made solution to this. God had to send his son to fix this for us. That is why freedom is only found in Christ Jesus. Now there is no condemnation for those that are in Jesus, because the law of the Spirit sets us free from the law of sin and death. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. I want to leave you, just as I invite the band up now, I want to leave you guys at home with an encouraging word. I'm not sure about you you guys at home right now, but I just feel that God is speaking so loudly at this present time. It's like as we just throw ourselves on him, as we just go bef- before him kneeling with our prayers and so many prayer requests right now, and I love to hear them. Please keep them coming. I just feel like God is speaking so clearly to us. He's giving us words for people. He's giving us encouragement. He's pointing out scripture to us. And so if you haven't already done that, I want to encourage you to get into the Word. I want to encourage you, whatever worries or anxieties you might have, bring it to God. And I want to encourage you with a specific word right now, because even though we belong to God, that is the truth. We, like all humans on this earth, get affected by the worries of the world. It's kind of natural. It's something we have to work with, something that we have to deal with. But perhaps now, more than ever, we have to take it to God. We have to bring him into our thought life. We have to bring him into our hearts. We have to give him room to just kick out everything that isn't of him that might find place in our hearts. And I want to read from 1 John an absolutely beautiful scripture that I really feel we should be just meditating on at this time. 1 John 4.18 says this, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. What is going on here, right here, is that when Jesus came, he basically pushed out fear from us. Everyone who was connected with him, everyone who was in him, he's basically like doing an exorcism on fear in our lives because fear is not of God. Fear is of the other kingdom. And we are of a different kingdom. We are of God's kingdom. But, you know, it's, it's a daily thing that we have to do. We have to keep identifying ourselves with God. We have to keep be, ma- making sure that we are in Jesus so that he can push out fears from our life. He can push out worries that might, we might get entangled in, anxieties that might bog us down. We have to invite God into our life, the perfect love that drives out fear in our, in our hearts. And I want to encourage you, everyone as a church, let's be just meditating on this truth. Let's allow God to drive out fear that we might have in our, in our lives at this time. And just as I said last week, we have to remember for the Whatever the, the level of worries we might have in our life. And I'm sure you're like me. You've got loved ones scattered all around the world. In America for myself or in the UK. Other parts of Sweden. And I'm not with them right now. And so naturally that can cause anxiousness. You're worried about their health, their well-being. And so we have a lot to be worried about today. But that's the reason why we have to go to God even more. We have to allow God to give us faith for today and tomorrow, we have to allow God to, through his perfect love, to push out those fears that actually don't do anything for us. They don't give any value. Nothing is added by worrying. Jesus encourages us not to worry, but to take it to him. So let's do that as a church. Now, as we just close in now, I want to say that our peace, which I think a lot of us uh, just realize how precious it is right now. Our peace has nothing to do with our current circumstance. It has nothing to do with what's going on in the, round, the world around us. But it has everything to do with our God. That is who our God is. He is the Prince of Peace. It says, Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Let's allow God's spirit to just be moving in our lives. Let's invite him into our homes. Let's invite him into our relationships. If you have family and friends that are worried, let's just invite prayer into that situation. Let's allow God to drive out fear for his perfect love in only a way that he can. Christ has set us free so that we may pursue freedom and in a journey towards wholeness in him. It's awesome. In God's freedom... There's no turning a shadow. There's no darkness. In God's freedom, there's no debts outstanding over your life. We are at peace. We are at whole. I hope you're encouraged by today's word. Let's just go back into worship as a church.